Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day and, as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your dreams, and your ideas a huge success. Hello, hello, ladies. I trust that you all had a beautiful weekend and that you are certainly ready to be productive for the new week. So here we are in the month of August, and of course, we are five months out from the on the end of the year. And so there's many things that we have to think about and things that we have to do. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, that we need to, again, be doing as we move towards the year's end. And of course, I am going to bring into you five questions of business leadership. And in addition to that, we have a very special guest today. Our guest is going to be Sharon Elise, Christian fiction writer. And I'm so excited that she's going to be on the show today. So if you've ever wanted to write a book, she certainly um, can can tell you some things uh, that will help you to get get started, just get started. And of course, we're going to learn all about her and her wonderful books. In addition, our theme all this month is creating content for your business. Again, creating content for your business. As you know, content is queen, and it's something that we all need to be making sure that it is properly structured, properly planned. It's not something that we will be doing at the last moment, right? And so I'm going to be, again, uh, sharing with you some some easy ways to create your content. You know, step out of the box and do some things that's going to help you to create some content for your business and to help you start getting better optimized in the search engine, which is so very, very important. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we're going to start with the five questions of business leadership. Number one, have I prepared my mindset for greatness? Well, you ladies know what I think about this, right? I mean, we have to be self-empowered. We have to know how to tap into that personal power and how important that really is. We can get motivated by many people, and we should, right? And we can. However, it has nothing to do with us motivating ourselves because at the end of the day, we are the ones that have to be there for ourselves, okay? And so one of the things you can ask yourself as you prepare your mindset for greatness is what beliefs and habits do I need to support? vision, my goals, right? Because there are certain beliefs that are very, very important. um, And if they're not in place, and if you have not discovered what they are, and how they're going to help you to create your success, then you could be working against yourself. Here's the next thing. You know, there are certain personal development skills that you know you need in order to accomplish some of your business goals. And so whatever you're trying to accomplish for the month, 
ask yourself, are there any personal development skills that I need to be working on in order for me to really accomplish these goals? And lastly, I think it's very important to create your own customized affirmations, affirmations that are going to motivate you, encourage you, and and really give you a pickup, right? And so you can start a collection of your own customized affirmations, write them out on three-by-five index cards. You can even buy the index card box with the dividers so that um, you can go to affirmations relevant to different issues that you may be dealing with in business. So think about that as you prepare your mindset for greatness. Number two is, are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and my goals? Now, this is vital because if you set visions and goals, as I said before, and your beliefs are not in alignment, then what's going to happen is that you're going to end up working against yourself instead of for yourself. So you have to make sure that you schedule some quiet time and really start asking yourself questions like, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish in life and business? You know, what beliefs do I need in order to push that forward? And, you know, remember that beliefs are basically habits that have been repeated over a long period of time, habits, thoughts, um, experiences that have been repeated over a long period of time that end up becoming automated and you end up believing. Okay, so keep that in mind. Not all beliefs are factual and not all beliefs are correct. And so sometimes we pick up beliefs and they become habitual beliefs that are not even true, but they wreak havoc in our lives. And we have to pay close attention to that. Three, what do I want to accomplish by this Friday? Okay, so ladies, this is so key. I did receive a few emails from um, some of our listeners that were asking about Uh, repeating information on the goals again and how, um, you know, how often are you supposed to set business goals? So here's really the rule of thumb. The rule of thumb really is that around every August, September timeframe, you're really supposed to start preparing yourself for the following year's goals. It's time for you to start thinking about your annual 12-month set of goals that you want to accomplish, right? And there may be different areas in business that you want to accomplish your goals. You know, you want to look at marketing. You know, you may say, well, hey, my marketing was weak this year, and I really want to look at creating a marketing budget and looking at some more effective ways to market the business. So that may be some goals, right? You also may say, well, I want to get myself more out in the general public. I interviewed. I want some articles. I want to not only brand the business, but I want to uh, brand myself. Uh, I want to bring more credibility to me. Perhaps you are a consultant, a coach, provide some type of service, and certainly that will help you tremendously, right? And so most of the time, the rule of thumb for businesses setting goals is that you set annual goals, and then you prioritize those goals by breaking them down into quarters and then breaking the quarters each quarter down into months and then into weeks so that you know what you're working towards. So that's really what I feel is the correct way and what most experts um, recommend as well is to set 12-month annual goals. So again, it's normally around this time frame that you start looking at creating your strategy 
the following year. And then within the strategy, you're going to set your annual goals and what it is that you need to be doing, okay? So for those of you who asked that question, there you have it. But what about those business women who say, well, you know what? I didn't set annual goals. I didn't even set quarterly goals. Where am I at now? What is it that I need to do now? Well, I think what when you haven't set annual goals, when you haven't been as structured or focused, and you're trying to somehow get on track and see some results before the year's end, then what I think you need to do is to really get in, in your quiet place. I think you need to um, schedule some quiet time on your calendar, um, maybe two to th- two to three hours, or even even create like a planning retreat for yourself. Uh, block a whole weekend off or uh, some time off where you're really going to take a look at what it is that you would like to experience over this next five months, okay? So that's what you should do. If you don't have those annual goals, you then have to have to work on where you are right now and where you want to be before year's end. So if that, uh, if that is you know, increasing your sales goal by 50%, by 30%. If that is uh, putting a marketing plan in place, that is revamping your website, if it's working with a marketing consultant on your brand colors and those type of things, if that's what you need, then those are some of the things that you can be doing. So again, I think that's key for you to understand that just because you didn't have an annual uh, goal, uh, or a set of for the for the year, that does not negate the fact that you still should be setting goals. And of the goals that you set, the three most important areas that you definitely want to make sure you include uh, are marketing, okay, uh, generating new leads, and sales, okay. Those three. Those three areas are very important when it comes to business. They're the most important areas of as a matter of fact, marketing, generating new leads, and your sales goals. How much money do you actually want to bring in? As a matter of fact, it's the amount of money that you want to bring in that can really help you to figure out what your marketing budget is going to be, um, how you're going to market your business effectively, um, and figuring out how you're going to close the sales. Once someone knocks on your door, show their interest, how are you going to do how are you going to close the sale on that? So again, that was number three. What do I want to accomplish by this Friday? And um, those three areas are uh, of sales, marketing, and generating leads. And again, I was addressing a question that a few of you had emailed in, which is, you know, so how many we be setting for the new year? What's the standard on that? So hopefully that helped you guys out. Here's number four. How can I be an asset to my business? This question is becoming more and more important to me. It is my favorite question because just because you uh, own a business, it doesn't mean that you're an asset to it. As a matter of fact, there are so many business women that are out there sabotaging themselves, sabotaging their business simply by not taking action, simply by not letting people know who they are and what they do. So you need to understand that the three roles in business is number one, laborer, number two, the um, manager, okay, and then number three, the entrepreneur visionary, the ambassador, right? And so, so often we get ourselves stuck in that labor role. And when we get ourselves stuck in the labor role, the crazy part about it is that 
we're so into the labor role and we're so busy with whatever it is we're doing, it doesn't dawn on us or phase us at all that we are not in the entrepreneur visionary role. And so you have to remember that as a business owner, CEO of your business, it's your responsibility to be the ambassador. It's your responsibility to seek out new collaborations. It's your responsibility to put a power team of individuals together that are going to help you shorten your learning curve and move you faster in your business. And I can't tell you how important that is, right? It, it, it is vital. It is vital that an asset to your business. And think of it this way. If you had to hire somebody to come in and be the CEO of your company and step in and take your place, you know, what would you be expecting of those individuals? Would you not be expecting them to be an ambassador, an asset to your company? Yes, you would. And so you should expect no less of yourself. So very important. Here's number five but not least, am I investing in myself and my business? Again, am I investing in myself and my business? And, and those three areas are health and wellness, marketing, advertising, and then personal development. It's so important for you to realize that being a business owner does require you to invest money. It does require you to invest of your time. And so there is no such thing as not investing in your business and expecting results, right? Uh, we can't, we can, we can't do that. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to bring up as we as we put closure on the last of our questions of business leadership, I think a lot of the times we have come up in a society that wants something for nothing. You know, we're we we have been conditioned to purchase certain things, and we have been conditioned to hold our hands out and want certain things without having to work for it or without having to really invest in it. And unfortunately, certain areas of business is like that in the minds of many businesswomen. Some businesswomen, you tell them what the, what it is that they need, and they're not willing, they don't see the value of actually putting money into it. Instead, they're trying to figure out how they're able to do it themselves, and they keep going over and over and over again, spinning their wheels, and before they know it, it's years that have passed by, and they are still in the same place that they were in when they initially came up with a business idea. And so you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be, you know, stuck in analysis paralysis. You want to realize that it is going to require some investment, and you can't allow not having money to hold you back. There are too many creative ways, too many creative ideas to get help um, for, you know, running your business and making some things happen. You can't think that you're the lone ranger in doing this. You don't have to be. So you can be a solopreneur and at the same time develop a team and get assistance for things you want to do in your business. And I just want you to keep that in mind. And some of you might be saying, but, you know, I think I can build my website or I think I can't. Well, you know what? That's not a problem. I think you, if you feel that you can, you can. But here's the thing. It all boils down to what should you be focusing on and to bring in the most money and if you should be focusing on being the ambassador, getting out there, bringing people into your business, um, looking for new speaking engagements and opportunities, giving out free consultations, doing 
things that can can turn into a lead, close a sale, bring in money, then that's what you should be doing. However, if the money is just not there and you've thought of, you've tried to think of ideas, then here's the thing. If you are skilled at doing something, then you really need to not procrastinate on it. You really need to 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 do it and really work on it. But if you're not skilled and you've got to get the skills to do it before it happens, then I'm going to let you know that it can hold you up for months and years, okay? And that's where you have to really put some measurement on it and really say to yourself, no, I really need to invest in a virtual assistant or no, I need to really invest in a graphic designer. That's really know that you need to uh, invest and really bring somebody on board to help you get something done. And then, of course, again, you know, you need to really look at investing in your health and wellness. I'm finding too many women in this 21st even haven't had a breast mammogram, haven't had a pap smear, um, haven't uh, are having blood pressure symptoms, but haven't had their blood pressure taken. You know, we as women really have to stop being hard headed. We really have to stop being stubborn, and we have to stop at some point putting uh, the mask on everybody else first and not on ourselves. But we've got to reverse that, and we've got to start learning to take better care of ourselves. It doesn't make sense to have a goal of generating incredible income and creating a successful business and not be around to experience it, right? So let's let's reverse that. Let's make some things happen on that. So there you have it, five questions of business leadership. So very, very excited um, to be sharing this with you all. And you know that I share it every Monday, but it doesn't matter. I repeat it every time because I want it to bury itself into your subconscious mind and to understand and know that these questions can help you hone in and develop your leadership skills. So, so very, very important. As I said before, our theme all this month is creating content for your business. And last uh, Monday, I gave you five content marketing strategies, which were blog content, infographics, creating information in a graphical manner, podcasting, right, which is what I'm doing with you right now, video casting, right, creating short uh, videos, and then, of course, social media. So with that said, what I want to do quickly is I want to talk about blog content marketing. I want to go back over that, but we're going to dig just a, just a little bit uh, to talk about some creative ways to create content for your blog. So the first thing I want to go back over with you is that it's important for you to have a content schedule, right? And a content schedule is just basically your content calendar. Um, what is it that you're going to be doing each month for a particular topic, right? Because if you know the topics, then the topic in and of itself can be repurposed throughout the month in different ways. So let's let's discover that. Let's talk about that, right? So first of all, a content calendar, again, is just a basic calendar. Uh, first, you can just sit down with yourself at, on a blank canvas, on a blank sheet of paper, and basically all you need to do is just decide, is it that is very relevant in your business topics that need to be talked about. Now, one of the things that I do for myself is I have a collection of other people's blogs that I really follow, that I really like, 
Um, and I read their articles. I read the different things that they've got going on because, um, you know, there's nothing new up under the sun, right? And so there are other talented people out there in your field, not just you. There are other talented people out there. So I go and I read their, their blogs, and then I might see articles that give me an aha moment where I may want to pull out a topic within that article and write just about that topic. Okay, and and that, that's very very key. Like for example, I I read an article on writing a business plan, but one of the things that they didn't have in writing a business plan, in my opinion, is that you also need to have um, a networking plan as you're talking about your marketing. How are you going to network? What's your strategy for networking? And so I pulled that time and I wrote a whole article. Around, um, including in your marketing plan and what you need to do. So again, you know, reading other articles will give you inspiration for for topics and ideas. You might read an article and you you might say, well, you know what, this was poorly written. They didn't say this or that. They didn't include this. And another thing they could have done was this, this, or this. Well, nothing is stopping you from coming up with your own title and writing about that same topic and doing exactly what you, you know, you thought about doing and incorporating the ideas that you had. Right? Nothing is actually stopping you from doing that. And that's what you need to know is is about reading other articles. It's not the fact that you should be copying word for word, plagiarizing, right? It's that you should be reading those articles for inspiration because you enjoy the topic, but also looking at those uh, other blog articles and, and looking at, um, you know, what they are talking about, how you might can say it, or what, what's your opinion on that, that's one of the things that you can do. So I don't want anyone to say Trina told me to copy because I'm not telling you to copy other people's work. What I'm telling you to do is get inspired. What I'm telling you to do is that, you you know, there's nothing new up under the sun. How many articles are written on business marketing? How many articles are written on uh, business publicity? How many articles are written on topic is what we're talking about, creating content for your business. So again, there's really nothing new up under the sun. And so what you need to do is be more concerned with your opinion, your flavor. Uh, what can you contribute as an, as an expert in that particular subject matter? And that's what you're looking at doing. Another thing that you can do as well is that you can go pull up different article topics in Google um, that it might pull up certain magazines, for example, and you might decide you want to actually curate some of the article information from articles written by large publications or other, or other article formats, right? Curating simply means that you are quoting or you're getting ready to not only pull that information in on in between quotes in your article, but you're going to give your opinion, you're going to give your comment on it. And it often means as well that you're going to cite 
the link or site the, the, where you found the information from. You always want to give credit to the individual that wrote the article, right? And so that's very, very important. So those, those are some ways. In addition to that, some other um, great ways that you can create some, some content, and again, and I mentioned this on last Monday, is that you really have to start understanding about keywords. Keywords and keyword phrases are very important. Listen, when people are looking for your type of product, they're looking for your type of service, they are actually entering in different keywords and keyword phrases into Google. And when they enter those in, there's, there's going to come a certain number of other companies that are pulling up on the first page of Google, right? And so you want to pay close attention to that. So you really need to know your target market. You need to know what words are they entering in to find my type of service. There's a lot of different words that they can enter in, but then there's what the top keyword positions, meaning the most popular keywords that people are entering in. But the other thing that you need to know about keywords is that there are keywords called long-tailed keywords, okay, L-O-N-G-T-A-I-L keywords, long-tailed keywords. And long-tailed keywords is when um, someone doesn't quite know how to say or search for what they want so they will enter in almost a sentence trying to figure out what it is that they want, okay? You know, they may, they may enter in looking for sweet-smelling perfumes, okay, because they like um, flowery-type scents, but they don't know exactly what scents those are. And so that's a long-tail keyword. And so you can look up and say, well, how many people are actually putting that in? So sometimes what experts say is that you can use long-tail keywords to try and write articles using those long-tail keywords because there's not as many um, people who are optimizing their pages with those long-tail keywords. And so if you do it, you might come up first if anybody happens to enter in that. What I like to do is I like to stick with one to five keywords, people who enter in one to five keywords, primarily one to three. Um, and I want to know what those top three keywords are so that I can write them in my article, use the keywords in my article. Now, the rule of thumb, and I've mentioned this before and it has not changed, the rule of thumb is that you need to, number one, use the keyword in your title or the keyword phrase in your title. Number two, you need to use the keywords at least five to seven times throughout your article, okay? That's the rule of thumb. Why is that? Because the search engines, the Google algorithm is set up to recognize when, when, a, when an article is talking about a specific subject based on the title and based on the keywords, and that title and the keywords are being used throughout the article, okay? If I were to write an article on how to start a business, but I don't have any of those keywords in the article itself, then the algorithm may not be able to read that the article is about how to start a business, and I may not be highly optimized to come up in like even the top 20 searches, right? So you really have to know how to optimize yourself. And that's very, very important when you're creating content, okay? The other thing is stop writing about three and four 
topics within the same article. Keep your keep your article titles and topics clean. Write about one particular thing and focus on that, right? Uh, I think that's very, very important. Now, as far as your format is concerned, a standard format to use when you're talking about a blog article, you want it to have at least 500 words or more, okay? 500 words or more. And one of the ways you can do this is to create and this is just my standard um, this is my standard content format is that you want to have your intro paragraph and then you want to have after your intro paragraph you want to have two support short support paragraphs and then you want to have either a numbered list or a bullet point of how to do something and then you want to have a closing paragraph after that. So let me repeat. This is about the content format, okay? You want to have an intro paragraph. And in your intro paragraph, you can pull people's attention by using statistics, by using quotes, um, by saying something that's of shocking information or value. Um, and then, of course, two supportive paragraphs that follow that, that starts to give your opinion and talk about it. And then um, after that, you want to give like a bullet point list of how to something or a, or a numbered list of how to something or giving them steps of how to do something and then the closing. Okay. So that's my standard content format. And again, um, you have to sit down and figure out what your content calendar is going to be, and your content calendar is basically going to just be the the article titles, the subjects that you're going to be writing about for the month, because you will be able to repurpose that information, which I think is so very, very important. Um, another thing that I want to remind you of also, I mentioned curation and what curation is. Curating content simply means that you're pulling content in from other websites, from other things you've read, but you're not plagiarizing it. You're putting it into quotes and you are citing where you got it from. And in many cases, um, especially online, you want to give a link going back to that. So you want to make sure that you're not shooting yourself in the foot sending them out somewhere where they get caught up in that person's website and can join their programs or what have you, but forget about yours. Uh, those are things that you have to think about. So you want to make sure, I like using uh, magazines. Um, I like using news. Uh, I like using newsletters. I like using things that are not going to work against me. Okay. So I want you to Keep that in mind in reference to content. And then you can repurpose your content. So once you sat down and had a, uh, created your content calendar, you're then going to go ahead, uh, based on what month you're getting ready to, to write your article about, then you want to go ahead and you want to go take a look, okay, at different article topics on that very thing and see if you can't gain some inspiration, better ways to say it, better ways to write it. Um, there also may be article titles that you really like that they are not using in their title but are using within the article. And you thought, oh, that would be a good article title. Let me pull that out. Um, so those are things that you can do, okay? And then, of course, you can repurpose it by uh, creating short three, 
three to five minute videos on the same topic. You don't have to re- reinvent the wheel. You just pull information right from that article. You can create graphic blog items where you can do quotes for your social media. So again, you can repurpose. And one other thing I wanted to rec- uh, talk and share with you about as we're talking about creating content, uh, another way to create your content is through PLR, and that's called private label rights, okay? PLR articles, um, there are good PLR articles on your topics uh, that you might be looking for, and there are horrible PLR articles, right? And so this is where it's going to require you some discernment skills and looking at what you want to use. But PLR articles are articles that are written that are definitely used by more than one person, multiple people, as a matter of fact, or hundreds of people. But what you can do is read the article. You can use different excerpts from the article. You can rewrite the article. They give you license to do that. So that's what PLR, private label rights, mean. It gives you license to use the article. Now, some people who are just looking to populate their websites with content will go and they will just buy a bunch of PLR articles. The thing about it is, is that if you're really trying to craft your your reputation, you're really trying to build credibility, you don't want to use what I call a naked PLR article. What you want to do is use that PLR article for inspiration to shorten the time it's going to take you to write out an article and use different excerpts from it, create a different intro, change it around, change uh, change the title, and then also make sure that your keywords are integrated in there. So that's something that you definitely want to be looking at. Next, um, in addition to PLR, oh, let me tell you how you search for PLR. Whatever the topic is that of your, your business industry, whatever topic you're interested in looking up, all you have to do is put in that topic name and then put PLR to see what PLR come, actually comes up from it. Now, in reference to keywords, I do want to give you guys a really good website resource uh, that is free to look up keywords, and it's called Moz, M-O-Z as in zebra, dot com. Again, Moz, M-O-Z as in zebra, dot com, and you will be able to um, identify keywords your site could rank for and find high-impact suggestions for keyword phrases, okay? So definitely, um, this is a good solid uh, resource that you can use for keywords, and it is free. Uh, I've discovered it, and I've used it quite a bit over this past weekend just testing it out, and it is a very good keyword um, source for you. So again, mozmoz.com is the website itself. Well, coming up, um, you know, we've got so many things going on at Women About Biz, but coming up at Women About Biz, uh, guess what? I finally finished rewriting Smart Business Women Set Goals, and so you're going to see that book come out this week, and I'm so excited about it, and I actually have revamped and did a whole new Smart Business Women Set Goals webinar that you're going to be invited to. So stay tuned for that. Very, very excited. I'm going to be sending out a text. And if you're on my text list, you're going to automatically get an invitation um, to the book. So I have revamped it, entered in some new information on social media um, and setting goals and that type of thing. Very, very excited uh, to be sharing it with you. At this time, however, I want to go ahead and 
I want to, again, I'm very, very excited to be interviewing our guest for today. So we're going to go ahead and move right into that interview. Okay, I am so excited to have our featured guest uh, on the show today, uh, and I'm excited for uh, quite a few reasons, but number one, I'm excited because she is definitely a woman that is making it happen for herself. She's pursuing her dreams and her goals as a writer, and, and she's written her book, so I'm very, very excited about that, and I'm talking about no other than Sharon Elise. Sharon is an elementary school librarian and a proud native of Houston, Texas, an avid reader since childhood. Her passion for getting lost within the pages of a book soon transformed into using her vivid imagination to create stories of her own. Her personal affirmation is to empower and inspire women through entertaining Christian fiction stories. When she's not writing, Sharon is a voice of empowerment on the College Christian Chat podcast, a show for young women of God that discusses principles of leadership, emotional wellness, faith, and success. Sharon, welcome to Successful Woman Radio. Thank you so much, Trina, for having me. It's an honor to be on this evening. Oh, and it's an honor for us to have you on the show. So let's get started. I'm going to ask you the first question is, first of all, when did you realize that you wanted to be a writer? Well, I, you know, the seeds were planted in elementary school. I was writing stories as early as first grade. And my first grade teacher actually had the class write an alternate ending to a story that she read. Mm-hmm. And mine was so, it was filled with so much imagination that she sent me around to other first grade classrooms to read it aloud. And that's, you know, that's when, you know, my gift of storytelling started blossoming. But it really began to flourish when I was in middle school. And actually, this became a problem because I would often be off task instead of mm-hmm. doing my work. I'd be in La La Land somewhere. Wow, and, you know, wow. my teachers would be like, we're glad that you like to write, you like to read, but you need to focus on your studies as well. So basically, when I reached high school, I began to write more poetry because, you know, we go through that, mm-hmm, love mm-hmm. thing, you know, high school sweethearts and all that thing. And then in college, I was on staff for my college um, newspaper. Mm-hmm. So, yes, writing has been ingrained, you know, Wow. And you had your aha moment at such an early age. Right, um, right. And that's a good thing. And often when I talk to a lot of successful women, they talk about the fact that th- their success just really didn't start when they were adults, but they can remember as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a passion for what it is that they do. And I, I am no different. You know, I can remember as early as five years old um, wanting to figure out how to make enough money to buy a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad said, well, you know that you can start your own business. And, and I think that was my first experience of what's a business, you know. <laughs> and when I started, uh, decided that I was going to ask my mother, to make some cookies so I could sell the cookies to my friends uh, and I could make money doing it, that was my aha moment as well. So I, too, share being at a young age, always talking about being in in business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, there's something that I definitely want to make sure that all of the ladies listening know, because you have not only written a book, but I was on Amazon the other day um, because I knew that I was going to be interviewing you. And I said, well, I really want to uh, go on Amazon and take a look at a little bit more at Sharon's books and, and learn a little bit more about her. And as I put in your name in Amazon and I, I clicked on one book and then it said, well, you know, you can look at Sharon's Amazon profile page, right? Mm-hmm. And I clicked on the page and I, I was just so surprised to see all of these books that you have written. And I was like, I am, wow, <laughs> this is incredible. And I say incredible because so many women want to write books. I, I you know, being a long-time business consultant, I can't tell you how many hundreds of women maybe that have shared with me that they want to write their book, whether it's fictional or non-fictional, but they never really get around to it. So to have someone such as yourself, who not only has written one book, two books, three books, four books, five books, but 13 publications, first of all, I want to say thank you, my sister, for pursuing your dreams and goals and making things happen in your life. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about, so you were in elementary school, you had the writing bug, and you've always written poems and all these different things. So you're a librarian, so we all know that that means you really love books. (laughs) (laughs) All these these books, right? Right. Um, So when did you write your first serious book, the book that you published? Okay, my first book was actually published in 2017, Uh but mind you, I started writing it right when I graduated from college in 2005. Okay. That was like, yeah, almost a 12-year procrastination. Uh I dealt with, you know, uh, self-doubt, things Uh like that. So I procrastinated on writing. You know, I would just write it off and on throughout the years because at that time, writing was more so like a hobby and I outlet. I really didn't think that I would eventually become a published author Mm -hmm, on the side, but it was like a job layoff that allowed me to really buckle down because I had time now to buckle down and focus and get the book completed through self-publishing. Wow. So let's let's talk right quick about self-doubt because that is something that as women that we have a tendency to go through. And you know, I'm sure you probably can identify this because as, as women, we do, we help a lot of people. As women, we're nurturers um, and we are emotional beings, bless our hearts. And, and we're always wanting to do for others what we won't necessarily always do for ourselves. So how did you, how did you overcome your self-doubt? Um, basically just with prayer and stepping out on faith and just doing it. The worst that could happen is nobody would buy the book, but it, it didn't happen like that at all. I had an outpouring of support, which I am ever so grateful for. For my family, friends, they spread the word to their friends. And, you know, I had a great book signing party, great turnout. It was just great. And that just let me know that I was walking in my, you know, purpose and God had graced me, you know, with this talent. It is truly a blessing. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. So I always, uh, Sharon, like to kind of stop, and, and when I see a nugget or some wisdom, I like to stop sometimes and point this out to our listeners, which is the fact that when in doubt, do it anyway. When you're having self-doubt, 
the the greatest antidote to procrastination to self doubt definitely is taking action. Right. Um, and it's so interesting that taking action doesn't cost any money, really. You know, right. for us to just really make a commitment to take the action. But then, one of the most beautiful um, results from taking action is that when you do take action and you see things happen, it then causes you to be convicted mm-hmm. of what you are doing. You become convicted. You have unshakable faith, and, and, and it's a very, very good feeling. So, again, I want to point that out to our listeners. So what is your work schedule like? Because I know that you are a librarian, so how do you, how, you know, you've written all these books now. And, and by the way, you were saying like your first book was in 2017. That, that was the published date of the book. Right. Um, so that's only four years. You've written 13 publications in four years. Right. <laughs> and, and see, that's what I'm saying. That's what I want everybody to understand. So for all of you who have a book inside of you and, and you're trying to figure this thing out, Sharon wrote, after she crossed over, okay, she crossed over, she, she had her journey of, of self-doubt. She crossed over that, took action, became convicted in who she was, what she, what she wanted to do. Then the book just seemed to pour on out of you. Yeah, pretty wow. much. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what, was your, what is your work schedule like when you're writing? Um, basically, I'm not a nighttime or evening writer at all. So I write like during my um, off periods at work, during mm-hmm. my lunch break. And whenever I have like um, vacations from work, like summer break, winter break, I write during that time. Now, people are like, write every day to be more disciplined. No, I write as I'm motivated and inspired. I don't force myself to write because I figure that I know my system. And I know once I am inspired to write, the creativity will just flow. So I don't never force myself. Yeah, I never have to force myself to do anything. And if I have writer's block per se, I just step away and leave it alone. And then when my juices get to flowing again, you know, I get back in front of my computer. That's just my personal system. Got you. Now, let me ask you this because I also want to point out the fact that you are a Christian fiction writer. Mm-hmm. Could you share a little bit about that? For I mean, we all most people know what Christian means, but share a little bit about your choice in in not just being a fiction writer, but a Christian fiction writer. Share a little bit about that and what that actually means. Yes, actually, it was a no brainer for me to write for God because I am, you know, I am very devout in my faith. Now, with that being said, I don't want people getting the impression that I have scriptures on every other page. Mm -hmm. It's Christian fiction, but yet it's relatable because even as Christians, we are not perfect at all. And I want to display that in all of my novels. They are everyday people that fall short of God's glory. Mm -hmm. But in those mistakes, you know, he's still gracious, he's still merciful. And those are the kind of messages that I like to put forth in my books. I love it. I absolutely love it. And again, I commend you for standing on on your principles, on your values of what it is that you want. Because um, oftentimes, another thing that I know some businesswomen deal with is that they are Christian, but have, let's say, a traditional business. And uh, oftentimes they say, well, you know, I don't really want to mention that I'm a Christian because I don't want people looking at me in a, in a funny way. 
And it's so interesting a lot of the times that when you are a Christian and how we can be closet Christians without really being in the closet. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And how um, you do have to step out there on faith. And it's okay to say that you are a Christian. Every other segment of people's people's habits these days are being advertised and pushed out there, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just think that when, you know, when you're a Christian, um, we should wear that badge of honor proudly, and um, a Christian is a Christian. There is no separation, or it shouldn't be. Would you not agree with that? I agree. Yeah, a Christian is a Christian. So, ladies, if you're in business and you're toying around with, you know, I don't know if I should mention God in my article or share scripture that has inspired me because I don't want people thinking I'm getting ready to be religious. So just drop it. Okay, girl, (laughs) you you are just literally um, causing yourself to be in analysis paralysis. Right. On that that issue. Just know that being a Christian, being a woman, being a human being, it's all one thing. And you have to be who you're going to be. And as a matter of fact, Sharon, one of the things that I have learned is that um, when you are real and truthful with who you are, it seems like more people attracted to you. What do you think? Correct. Correct. I think they're drawn to authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yes. People can spot fake from a mile away. They can. You so, know yeah, it. Mm-hmm. That it. It draws them in. That authenticity draws them in. It really Absolutely. Is. Absolutely. Well, Tell us what is what is your most recent fiction um, that you have written? Um, it would be uh, it's titled "A Kiss from an Angel," mm-hmm. and it's set in Houston. Most of my books are set in Houston, okay. Okay. And um, it's about a woman named Gianna. She is facing divorce after twenty years of marriage, and on top of that, her daughter goes missing, and then is found dead. So that begs the question on whether or not this tragedy will draw her and her husband back together or serve to drive them further apart. Ooh. So, yeah, it, yeah it's, uh, it has a couple of, it's a tearjerker. That's my very first tearjerker of a novel. Ooh. You know, it brought a lot of my readers to tears and has a couple of plot twists in there. That's what I'm known for, my okay. little plot twist. But, okay. yeah, that was my uh, most recent, and that was in the winter of 2019. Wow, wow. So that's Kiss from an Angel. And then, of course, uh, with the holiday season coming up, there's a book that I'm reading. I was telling you that I'm a, I'm a, I love the holiday season primarily because it, it just seems to soften people's hearts and, and people seem to be more friendlier towards that year. I've always noticed that. And so uh, it's just a time of the year that I absolutely love. You wrote a book called The Baby on the Doorstep. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yes, that's one of my favorite novels because it kind of hits close to um, the main character, Amaya, she's dealing with um, infertility. She's been married for quite some time to her husband. They've been trying to have a baby. But she gets up one morning right after Thanksgiving, and as she's leaving for work, she sees a baby left on her doorstep. Mm-hmm. So this just begs the question of who is the baby, where is it from? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to stop there because I don't want to. And I'm not going to uh, give it away, but let's just 
say one of your new fans decided that she was going to just really plow through her Kindle to find out what the secret was going on. <laughs> no, people think it's predictable, you know, but it's really not. Yeah, it's going to throw you for a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, so uh, <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's a good read already, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those readers that uh, it doesn't matter if I've read the book before. I'll put it, I'll have like two or three books on my nightstand and, and I flip them just like a te- television channel, reading different things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, I, I, I love this book. So if you are a fan of the holidays and you're looking for something good and juicy to read, you definitely need to pick up a copy of The Baby on the Doorstep. Uh, it definitely has my attention. And now that you've told us what Kiss from an Angel is about, well, you know, I think that might be my next book that I read. Um, give us a couple of other of your favorite books that that you've written that um, we should look at. Um, my second novel has been uh, my most popular to date, and it's titled The Desire of Her Heart. And the premise mm. is, <laughs> it's a girl, she's approaching 30, and she received the prophecy that the next guy she meets mm-hmm. uh, will be her husband. And of course, yeah, she just runs with this, not even checking with God to see if she has, you know, God's approval, because, you know, his word is goes above anything some kind of prophet tries to tell you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so she um, totally disregards the fact that this guy that she has her eye on is already in a relationship. She Mm -hmm. pulls out all the stops to make him hers because she thinks she's hearing from God that he's her And while she's successful in drawing him away, it's hard to keep him. So she's going to learn what happens when you listen to your flesh instead of the voice of God. Now, you know now, you're hitting on something right there. <laughs> so, Sharon, you know, you, you, you're keeping it up and real now. I, yes. I, it might be sexy, but something's telling me that you're telling some real life stories going on up yes. in there. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, that one sounds really interesting, too. I, I, I got you. I, and and I, I, really, um, I really like the fact that you're suspenseful and that you, you like surprising everyone in your books. I like the fact that, that you say you, you like doing that. Um, that keeps it really, really fresh and going. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many women who do self-publish, and you know, and I notice that they don't necessarily think that they are business women. But what do you think? Do you consider yourself a businesswoman, having self-published your book? Oh, right, yes, most definitely, because writing the book is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. You have to market. I also sell directly from my website autograph copies. So you have to. I have a WooCommerce on my site. You have to um, deal with um, cash transactions, credit Uh card payments, that kind of thing, mailing things off. You have to have a stock stock of books, a stock of mailing envelopes, keeping um, track of your inventory, invoices. Definitely. It's definitely a business. Wow. I I totally, totally agree with you. And um, you mentioned website. I want to make sure that you give everyone your website. Spell out your name, first and last name, because it's SharonElise.com, correct? Correct. Okay. Go ahead and spell out your name for everyone. Okay. It's R-R-O-N-E-L-I-S-E.com. So it's SharonElise.com, S-H-E-R-R-O-N-E-L-I-S-E.com. You guys make sure you go and check out Sharon and let's celebrate her uh, for being a accomplished 
writer, Christian fiction writer, I might add. Let's celebrate her on this. Now, I want to get into the emotional side of business. Mm-hmm. Name a challenge that you faced and how did you overcome it? Um, to be honest, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had so many book events scheduled mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. 2000, uh, 2020, sorry. And of course, things were shut down, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, right when I felt that my uh, writing career was getting some elevation and some acceleration, things come to a standstill. So that was very, you know, that was very hard. You had to regroup. Okay, Lord, what do I do now? And of course, that's when you had to go basically digital. And that's when marketing really had to be pushed at that point, because that's all you have to rely on at this point. And it's good while you have everybody's attention, since everyone is at home anyway, you need to learn how to be creative and garner their attention through social media channels to draw them to your website and to your Amazon page. Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what were some of the things that like, I know a lot of women tell me that, you know, during the pandemic, they, you know, when it first started and, and it was impacting their business, they were kind of like in a standstill in shock, almost not knowing what to do. Right. Right. You, did you feel that way? Like, I, I'm not sure what I should be doing. Right. Yes. But it didn't last too long because you have to take action. Yeah. You can't be on pause for too long. Well, you're right about that. (laughs) You have to take some action. Because the bills didn't stop, did they? Correct. (laughs) 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 No, I I know all too well about that. The bills just kept coming, right? Right. Um, So now I know that you publish your books both in Kindle and uh, hard copy paperback, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Most of all your books are. So that's fantastic. So uh, I have a surprise for the ladies that are listening. Um, I am going to go ahead and what I want to do is I'm going to go ahead and select uh, one of two books that you can choose from. You can choose from uh, The Desire of Her Heart. Uh, actually, I'll do three books. You can choose from The Desire of Her Heart, Kiss from an Angel, or The Baby on the Doorstep right? Because that's what Mm -hmm. I'm currently reading. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to give away five book prizes to support you and hopefully spark uh, women sharing your your pages and your Amazon and your Facebook. So uh, ladies, we're going to be giving away the, uh, you have a choice. Five, Five of you will win a book prize today, either The Desire of the Heart, um, Kiss from an Angel or The Baby on the Doorstep, uh, written by Sharon Elise, an accomplished author, and we are so glad that she's with us on the show, the show today. Sharon, tell us, what do you recommend for women who are interested in writing, whether it's fictional or non-fictional? What, what, what are some of the first things that they should be thinking about or doing to, to get into that? Okay, make sure you thoroughly research, research, you know, any topic that you think of writing about because you want to definitely have credibility as well Mm -hmm. as reliability. And once you complete that manuscript, this is the most important thing. Please hire an editor. Please Mm. do not skip this step. Don't try to do it yourself. Don't try to have your English teacher friend do it. Do not. Yes, please do not take any shortcuts on that because your readers will realize it and they will eat you alive on Amazon and okay. in the okay. interview. So mm-hmm. that is most important. Please hire an editor. 
Wow, I, and I, I love that. You're, ab- you're absolutely right, because sometimes we want to do things so quickly and fast and just put it out there right. uh, and, and then think that, well, they won't notice it's a little mistake, but we really want to be grammatically correct and contextually correct. We want to, you know, and definitely make sure that we are using, especially uh, if it's nonfiction, make sure that you are sourcing, using all of your sourcing and, and, and everything. Very, very right. true. Uh, yeah. Any other recommendations you want to give uh, women who are interested in, in self-publishing? Yes, and just make sure you um, also research on ways to market. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. make sure you have an email list because, you know, people do still check emails. That's a great way to keep any, to gain new readers and keep them abreast of any new developments in your writing career, any new books that are coming out. Okay. So, and definitely be active on social media as well. Wow. Great, great, great information. And hopefully ladies, you all are writing and taking notes in your successful on the radio journal and that you can go back and relate to that. Um, what's your favorite tool online that helps you to run your business smoother? Oh, I live by Canva. I love Canva. Yes, most definitely. (laughs) You know, I I love Canva also. And would you believe that I was like one of those people, like I was using Microsoft Publisher. I was using some other graphic programs. And everybody was like, you you know, you need to switch to Canva. And I I, I kept saying, that's too hard to use. I, I tried it before. Now that I've been using it like for the past seven years, it's like one of the easiest graphic softwares I've ever used, you know? And uh, the thing that I like is that when you download your piece of graphic, it is in a good format. It's in a very nice, clean, crisp format, and it's not right. going to look grainy. And I really, really like that. Uh, any other tools that you use that you want to share? I, I think that's just about it. It's um, mainly Canva, and I have some apps, like, on my phone such as it's called Typorama, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. things that that's about it. Yeah, just okay. Typorama. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, which social media platform works best for you? Um, Facebook. I love the engagement on Facebook. I have Instagram, but it's Instagram to me is more so visual. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to be able to post questions to my followers and readers and, you know, just engage them in, you know, discussions about random topics you know, things like that. Okay. So. Do, you, do you have a, a group on Facebook or, or a fan page? Um, I just have a page as of okay. right now. Yes. Okay. You have a fan page. Okay, great. And um, how can they find your fan page? It's Sharani Lee. Yeah, you type great. in Sharani Lee and it'll come up. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful. So everybody make sure you go and like her fan page, Sharon, and again, that's two R's, S-H-E-R-R-O-N-E-L-I-S-E dot com is her website, and then Sharon Elise uh, is her fan page name as well. Um, I, I could just talk to you really for the next two hours because you have <laughs> such a sweet spirit, and I, I would love to talk to you just about one of the books itself, you know, <laughs> sometimes I do yes yes they (laughs) yes very real and especially during book club discussions to hear you know the book club participants sometimes they have heated arguments about something my characters did and I'm like wow lord this is such a blessing Mm -hmm. you have my dreams 
you know, just come to life like And this. you're like, okay, guys, you do know that this is a fictional character, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I, I will say this, because I've already, you know, I've started reading um, The Baby on the Doorsteps already. And so I will say that in your writing, it, it makes you feel like you know these people. Thank you. Um, and you do wonder, like, okay, is she facing this? <laughs> <laughs> I know my family be asking me that all the time. I'm like, no, you are not. Don't try to sue me. No, you are not in my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and if you get a call from somebody that says, I know you were writing this about me, so you know somebody that I know that told you my life story. <laughs> exactly. I, <know> <laughs> I got it. I got it. Don't try it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as we come to the close of your interview, and I really don't want to stop, but I do – I, I really want to ask you, will, would you come back and share with us uh, again? I definitely want to make sure I, I invite you back to the show um, and sh- and share with us a little bit. And I don't know, maybe during the holiday season, we can dig a little bit into the baby on the doorstep, right? Okay, we, we, we can dig a little bit into that. That would be fun. Um, and I, I would love for you to share three nuggets that you would like to leave our listeners with about whether it's about life or business or both, but please do share. Okay. I would say um, procrastination is definitely a tool of the enemy Mm. along with doubt. I call it the um, 3D demon. I hope I'm saying it's right. Doubt, defeat, and discouragement. Mm. Yeah. The 3D demon. And you just need your faith in God to overcome that all, you know, and like I said, you just have faith in yourself. And you can basically complete that book, you know, mm. just be disciplined enough to believe in yourself. Wow. That's, yeah, that's basically it. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And I, I do want to add, ladies, and you guys know my favorite word. I know my long-term listeners know it, and that is unshakable faith. And certainly Sharon has shown us that she has had unshakable faith. And again, that's a level of belief so deeply rooted that it compels you to take swift and immediate action mm-hmm. on your dreams and your goals. And, you know, Sharon, you may have gotten a little bit of a slow start from from when you first started writing your first publication, but after you crossed over that journey with that self-doubt, girl, you took off, right? 13 publications <laughs> in four years. I would say that, that you're doing better than Oprah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you know that that is a fantastic accomplishment. I hope that you know that. Thank and you. I am looking forward to getting to know you more. You certainly got a new fan in me. And uh, I, I just wish you all the success and can't wait to dig into all of those wonderful mm-hmm. books uh, that you have published. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we look forward to you being back on the show again. This thank year. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for being so kind to do the giveaways, you know, to um, broaden my audience and introduce more uh, readers to my work. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. you. You are so welcome. And I'll be doing that to the listeners. I'll be giving away those prizes in just a few minutes. Okay, okay. So um, we are a little bit over on the show today. So we have randomly selected uh, five of you who are going to be able to win um, a book by author, Christian fiction author, Sharon Elise. And 
uh, here are, we're going to call out the last four of your phone numbers. So if your phone number ends in 6095, congratulations, you are a winner. If your phone number ends in 6750, congratulations, you are a winner. If your phone number ends in 1321, congratulations to you. You are a winner of uh, one of the books written by Sharon Elise. Next phone number, number four, the fourth phone number, um, 2710. If your phone number ends in 2710, you are a winner. And last but not least, here you go. If your phone number ends in 5026, congratulations, you are a winner. So again, I'll call out those phone numbers quickly. First winner, last four, 6095. Second winner, last four of your phone numbers, 6750. Third winner, 1321, fourth winner, last four of your phone numbers, 2710. And our last winner for today, last four of your phone number, 5026. Congratulations, ladies. You all have won one book selection written by Sharon Elise. We'll be calling you and giving you a link to our prize page so that you can go ahead and claim your book. Well, ladies, that's all we have for today. We certainly hope that you have enjoyed information about creating content for your business. Make sure that you put um, um, the, the five uh, leadership qualities and ask yourself the five questions of business leadership into action. And certainly, I pray for you to have a fruitful and abundant and productive week this week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.